0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. In today's Gospel reading, we read about the account when Christ was on the boat and he preached to the people the Word of God. And then Peter, who had toiled already all night, was told by Christ to cast his net out again And we know that he was a a bit hesitant in in doing so because he knows that he had just gone fishing And and then of course he catches an abundance of fish in which It's it's the boat begins to sink and he has to call upon other boats to come and help And the gospel for us gives us an indication of what the church uh, is to humanity Um, how does the church represent Christ? But this isn't, I don't want to speak about the church as an an institution or the church as this physical place, but what Christ administers to us through the church, what Christ administers to us through all the different churches that are in our lives. What we know what we know from the overarching message from the gospel is that before Christ was on the boat there was no no return there was no catch but after Christ was on the boat there was an abundance there were there was an abundance of fruit because of the presence of Christ this is essentially this is the essence of of the message today or from the gospel reading and again, you know, as I sp- as I mentioned earlier, it's for all our churches. And what do I mean by that? Church as church as our home, <clears throat> church as our own person, our our individuality. A church in the workplace, church as a community here. So there are many what we could call churches in our lives in which we can't really separate we can't really separate Christ and the fruitfulness when Christ is present <clears throat> to being only in the physical church but to be also present in in all of our churches that are in our lives so again whatever the boat is that this boat produces when Christ is present um when we look to the the boat in our lives uh or the churches in our lives so to speak we anticipate that that the um that the boat will be fruitful that the work will be fruitful to me when Peter again he took the when he took his boat and he went out early in the morning or late at night, which is of course the usual time in which in which one would expect an abundance of, of fish, um, he hoped that his strategy, he hoped that that the that the logical approach to fishing would be fruitful for him. And so that is as as long as he follows these certain criteria then there should be a specific outcome or a return. But of course we know that in this case, it didn't work out that way. And so Christ is giving us a message today that when he is present, not everything works in the way that is logical to man. That with Christ, he has sort of a different formula than what we use. Again, we, under certain under certain conditions, we we should expect a certain outcome. Uh, if if I'm if I'm good at what I do, then my coworkers will will like me, and I will have a good experience at work. Or if I serve well at the church, then then people will will not judge me, and they will appreciate me. Um, and so, uh, or it, you know, if the servants uh at church are not good, then the church is inadequate right we have these we have these formulas that are based on this criteria but we find on a couple of occasion on a couple of occasions in which that isn't the case and one of the one of the uh, at least that stood out for me is is that jesus uh today he would identify in front of the whole multitude of people that were present, he would present to them the one who would essentially become almost like the head of the church after the death and the resurrection of Christ, which was St. Peter. And so, yet Peter was the one who was probably the most embarrassed, the most um, exposed, in today's gospel reading and so one would would wonder you know so the one who the one who doubted you the one who was hesitant he is the one who will lead the church in front of the whole multitude and so jesus was saying it's not about the formula that you think but there's a different formula which is the formula of the heart and so uh, the whole multitude, the difference even between Peter and the, the multitude on the, on the shore, is that the multitude, they were actually pressing to hear the word of God. The reason why Jesus even went on the boat is because the people pressed him, saying, we must hear the word of God. And so he goes and he uh, goes a little bit out in order to, to preach to them. Yet none of them would be the ones called to be his disciples. The ones that would be called to be his disciples would be the ones that that were hesitant, that uh, maybe come off as, as weaker than, the, than those who were pressing Christ. And then of course the other example is is when Peter used the formula in order to be able to go and catch the fish and yet he came back with nothing. But then when the day day comes, when you would expect not to catch any fish, that is when an abundance uh, beyond uh, measure was presented to the disciples. And so the point that I want to make is that the work of Christ isn't ours to judge. The work of Christ isn't ours to judge. And the greatest of the work of Christ that, uh, that I want to speak about or that I, that I want to point out is, is simply his, his love for us, his mercy, his compassion, and his presence in our lives. Um, <clears throat> always in our spiritual lives, we, we wake up and we feel inadequate before God. Or we're thinking about our spiritual lives and we, we wish we can do more. But it's not my place to judge whether I am worth being redeemed. It's not me for me to judge whether I'm, I'm of value or how much value I am to God. It isn't our place to judge whether our prayers are, are long enough or if they are eloquent enough or if they are acceptable enough to God. It isn't our place to judge whether the repentance that that I feel I am making is enough or if it is not enough. Self-knowledge, and that is that um, I need Christ to sustain me and to restore me again to that which I was intended for, that that gap will always make me feel inadequate. That gap will always uh, make me feel unacceptable. Um, but again, that is the human conclusion that is the human formulation is that as much as I am struggling in my life, whether it 's my uh you know what I am able to offer to God or even what i 'm trying to even offer to uh to others in my life or whether I am struggling through going through a very difficult situation uh in my home, or in my workplace, or wherever it is, I, I'm always feeling, like, uh, I can't grasp 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 something. But, um, but of course, there is a part that we have to participate in. Yes, I I I can't judge those things because I will never be able to judge. I will never be able to judge God's work uh, to its to its magnitude, and I will never be able to accept it. But there is the part that uh, there is the part that, that we have to make, of course. And of course, again, Christ knows that uh, of our state; He knows of our struggles and of our and of our weaknesses. What does He expect? What does He expect of us? Um. when Christ entered the boat of St. Peter, all he said was to go out a little. He just said, go out a little. So what Christ is saying is, like, I know that, like, you, you expect that you have to go into the deep, the deep sea ocean, and and face the tumultuous waves. But... Just go out a little. There's a there's a certain effort, and then he says, "Okay, now now cast your net." Meaning, go out a little and and put a certain trust in me. Trust that that I don't expect that you can do everything. But although sometimes we feel like um, like that is the case, sometimes we feel like that is the case that that we have to face the tumultuousness, we have to face all the struggles, and that there isn't a certain work that is happening. If he's saying, just go out a little bit, and then he's saying, okay, just cast your net and just trust in me. What ends up happening is sometimes we feel, we feel what the disciples feel, or what the disciples felt when they actually started to catch the fish. Um of course this part seemed kind of interesting to me in the gospel reading today that when the boats were sinking and uh and the nets were breaking right this is the this is the sustenance of the disciples is the nets and the boats and yet both seem to be they're about to lose them the boat is the boat is sinking and the nets are breaking but sometimes in our struggles, this is what we're looking to. We're looking to the, the boat that is sinking, and we're looking to the net that is breaking. And then we sometimes forget about the magnitude of fish. We forget about the magnitude of fish that's in the nets. And so this is, this is kind of our life story, right? Where we ask, we ask God to bless us, and then we feel the boat is sinking, and then the net is breaking, and then we say, "Where are you, God? Where are you?" But we have to find the fish. We have to we have to remember to, to kind of forget a, a little bit about the sinking boat and the and the uh, the breaking net, and think about the fish. Because it, Christ didn't Christ was not the one who called the other boats to come and help. It was kind of surprising that he just was just there. Um, But of course, Peter realized when he, of course, prostrated and he begged Christ to forgive him because of his doubt. But um, what we're depending on, what we're what we're depending on is, is Christ to bless us with the fish, the fish in the gospel is symbolic of, of the grace of God. And yet what will sustain even if you know, if the if the disciples go back without a boat and without a net, look at all the fish that they have, right? It'll cover it'll cover the cost of the of the of the broken net and the and the boat. It'll be of more value to them The grace will be of way more value to them because the grace that he is offering is for salvation. And that's why he didn't care. That's why he didn't care whether you want the the boat sinks, doesn't sink, the net breaks, doesn't break. But what about what about the grace where, you know, St. Paul, he says, like where where sin, where sin is, grace abounds. Where sin is grace abounds. So whatever we perceive as as the evil or the or the difficulties in life, there is more grace that that uh, kind of compensates, so to speak, for uh, for that struggle. Which is why what was the what the whole what the gift was in the gospel reading was the abundance of fish, the abundance of grace. And we find that this is um, <clears throat> this is happening to us all the time. If we look at even the church, which would, which you might say is is the strongest boat um, in our lives, faces martyrdom all the time, and it never shakes us, right? There's the what's the verse. Uh, disperse the enemies of the church fortify her that she may never be shaken fortify her that she may never be shaken so um, there is martyrdom but it doesn't shake us because what it is what is above the martyrdom what is above the the this this what we sometimes feel as a loss is is a gain of salvation for their souls and for us who see who see their willingness to suffer on behalf of Jesus Christ and we we become encouraged to suffer on his behalf maybe not as martyrs but maybe as in our in our in our own lives in our work situations in our in our home situations so on the surface many of the boats that are in our lives they 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 seem to be sinking or they seem to be breaking but if we look to the abundance of fish and not necessarily about a comparison of okay let me how much like what has god blessed me what has god blessed me versus versus others but but a genuine appreciation for even above even above everything that i am saved that that i am saved that when i when i trust in the lord when i when i put my faith in him despite the things that are breaking and sinking, that I have salvation and that I was given that grace to find Him. I was given that grace to be with Him. And even nowadays, the, the abundance of grace through the sacramental life, living Christianity with the power of the sacraments. So it is, it is the, the, salvific, the salvific fruit that we gain but of course, we know that because of God's love, it's not always just about the salvation. Even with with God, He's always been, He always blesses blesses us for that which is good for us, even in our in our lives. But of course, we know that we we always rejoice first for the salvation, like the like the Samaritan woman, uh, who who suffered greatly, who felt like. Her life was breaking and sinking and yet what was what was given to her was compassion and redemption and love and healing and again it wasn't just her salvation but the salvation of the others in her city and because of her love God granted her even like uh, even an earthly uh, treasure which is which is her uh, her influence on others, and of course, we know even of of Saint Mary, Saint Mary, who who saw much loss in her life, and yet what was, what was uh, above everything was that uh, was that she could serve her Savior, was that she could serve her Savior. So today we we reflect again on the <coughs> we reflect on the the boats on our in our lives in all aspects in which without Christ it it will it will be unfruitful but when Christ is present we will still sometimes feel a breaking and a sinking yet we know that with self-knowledge we depend on our Lord and we, uh, we depend on His mercy and His compassion that He simply asks us to give Him a contrite heart, to give Him to push a little, to push a little from the boat, to cast the net, and to, yes, experience the difficulties, but to always find our hope in Him. To Him be the glory both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages Amen.